And now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hop Along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Reel Radio, the best stop on your radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Hey, thank you, Mark Larson and Southern California. Welcome to another Sunday evening with Rod and Reel Radio. I am indeed your underfished host, Hopalong John Cassidy, and it is our pleasure to welcome you to the show tonight. For all of you that are listening, if you've been overstuffed with corned beef, or if you're like me, I'm waiting to have my corned beef after the show, a happy St. Patrick's Day to you all. I hope you're out there celebrating it safely and i see even a lot of you had a chance to go fishing with this wonderful weekend we had so happy saint patrick's day to you all hey we got a great show lined up for you tonight and i think you're going to take a lot of interest because we have a lot of information that we're going to be giving on out that you can't hear anywhere else first of all cap and James Nelson, the fish icon, is going to be with us. We're going to have a report on the inshore bay and a little bit maybe of an offshore report, too, on what's happening in our coastal waters. So Captain James Nelson, the fish icon, will be with us. And then later on, Marco Malikatan. He is from the California Sports Fishing League. We're going to talk about what the status is of the 365-day fishing license. And then we're going to also, if we have time, to talk a little bit about some of the new legislation that's coming in and what we have found out about the proposed lead ban that was uh, you know, brought to our attention last year, why it was voted down, and the latest on that. So Marco Malikatin will be with us. And in the second hour of the show, we're going to have lure designer extraordinaire Jerry Rago with us. Jerry Rago is probably one of the most prolific lure designers that you'll ever want to f- find when it comes to trout and freshwater fishing lures. So Jerry Rago will be with us in the first hour. Hey, but before we get started with our guests, let me introduce to you the hosts of Rod and Real Radio. First of all, Stan is normally here, but in speaking with Stan, I believe he might be out cavorting with a few of the leprechauns tonight. So Stan is not with us. He has a previous engagement, but my other co-host, national sales manager for Iserline. She represents many other fine products in the fishing industry. Also, she is a very achieved freshwater, saltwater fisherman, hunter, outdoor enthusiast, Wendy Toshihara. Wendy, welcome to the show, ma'am. Hey, John. How you doing this weekend? Hey, I am doing great. It is Man, it is great to have kind of a weekend off, especially with the the Fred Hall show. What an extravaganza that was. Yeah, no kidding. That was an awesome show this year. Everybody was in a playing mood. No tire kickers. It was awesome. 
Uh, hey, we'll be talking a little bit about that and a few other things that I think will be of interest to our listeners. But, hey, we've got our first guest on the line. Let's get right to him. You know him as the fish icon. He's on Ron Real Radio regularly. He is absolutely one of the most prolific pro guides that we have here in San Diego for both freshwater and saltwater fishing, Captain James Nelson. Captain James, how you doing? I'm doing great, John. Wendy, hello, and happy St. Patty's Day to you guys. The same back at you, Captain James. We want to thank you for being with us. I know you were out today, so I know we're going to get an up-to-date report. But it, first of all, it's great to have some good weather on the weekend to go out and go fishing. You know, it was, it was fun. I almost forgot what sunscreen was until this weekend, <laughs> so it was great. You're not kidding. Hey, Jim, give us a report. What's been happening in the Bay? And I understand you might have had a chance to go outside of the Bay today. If that happened, how are we finding the fishing conditions right now? Uh, it's been great. Actually, we went uh, yesterday. We went uh, went outside and uh, got to see what Shelter Island lawn trap looks like with the real crowd on it. And it was uh, it was pretty amazing to see, I think. I think everybody uh, in the county who had a boat decided to uh, take advantage of this weather yesterday, so it was pretty nice. Well, you know, you're mentioning the launch ramp. I know the San Diego Anglers had their King of the Bay tournament over there. That was 25 boats, but obviously with the good weather and all the publicity that has been put out on the launch ramp, was it crowded, and how was the flow there for, uh, um, you know, a, a beautiful day here in uh, almost springtime. So it, it was it was uh, very crowded, and the flow seemed to be pre- pretty good. It just seemed, uh, you know, the, the typical thing where, you know, when you go to a, a Costco, and, yeah, you know there's a bunch of people there, but we all seem to hit the register at the same time. So that was pretty fun. There was actually, uh, you get to see pretty much every inch of those courtesy docks taken, and, and after seeing that, and this is even with boats bumping off and and seeing how well things flowed. It just makes you wonder how we always use that old ramp system. <laughs> it was just like, wow, if this is what this looks like when it was busy, what was it we used to do? Uh, it was pretty neat. It was um, pretty fun. And the fishing is great. Fish, you know, again, between the weather and the fishing, I would not blame anybody who had a boat who got out yesterday. And those who didn't, uh, I would hope they got out today. It was just pretty awesome. Well, let's talk a little bit about the fishing. Since we last ha- uh, talked to you, I believe you had a, f- a few opportunities to fish the bay. Uh, is it improving? Is it uh, not as good as it was? Staying the same? How are you finding conditions out there? Oh, it was it was really nice. Um, I think uh, I think having that that wind laid down uh, as well as all the other, I mean, like I said, I, it's hard to describe, John, but it was just, I, I, I'm i trying to describe it without using the word perfect. Let's put it that way. Uh, okay. Let's see. How about pretty near <laughs> you know, perfect? And my, my crossword skills aren't that great. So, you know what, let's just say it was perfect. It was just nice. It was beautiful uh, between the, the sun being out, the wind, actually laying down throughout the trip. I think uh, you've been out with me before, especially when we've gone to IB and, and you know what it's like where you have this nice cruise going there, but a little 
bumpy on the way back yesterday. It was it was actually the opposite. It was a little we had a little bump getting there, not too bad. But when we, coming back, it was just I mean we could have pulled a skier behind it. It was, it was actually a bumpier in the bay than it was out in the ocean because because of boat traffic and boat shop it because uh, Mother Nature was giving it to us really nicely. <laughs> well, well, let's talk about uh, a little bit about the fishing. First of all, is there just really anything on fire in uh, San Diego Bay right now? San Diego Bay, yeah, the bay bass are just absolutely on fire, and it's, it's to the point where, uh, especially if that's what you want to catch. I mean, it's uh, there are other things that are happening. We are getting bonefish. We're getting the sharks and rays happening. But uh, to those who are just satisfied with the fact that you can actually catch, you know, uh, more bay bass than anything else, go out there and enjoy it. Um, I can't speak for much of the sand bass because I've been staying more in the shallower areas, staying in the grass stuff where a lot of the bay bass was. But I saw, you know, again, not speaking personally, but I saw really big sand bass being pulled in yesterday from a bay bass tournament. So I know that uh, for those who are fishing those uh, typical uh, community hole type areas for the sand bass are getting those out of the bay as well. We got some really big sand bass yesterday, but we weren't in the bay, so I can't speak for personal uh, well, you, respect. You I mentioned about the fishing bay. the back bay, uh, uh, spotted bay bass. Are you running into any halibut? And have you been targeting and or has there been any incidental catches of bonefish? The, the bonefish, John, we've been targeting uh, as far as the halibut. We haven't, haven't seen a lot. It's just been really, it's more that, it's, it's more luck of, the, luck of the catch, and it's even better if you just don't say it. You know, you get on the boat, don't say halibut, don't think halibut, don't, don't, uh, don't even imagine how the word is spelled in your head. And you'll you'll catch one without even trying. The moment you say halibut, the moment you think halibut, the moment you want a halibut, uh, that's a different story. <laughs> and that's seriously how it's been in the bay. Uh, and again, this these are these are for guests of mine who are out there for general catches, you know. And that's and the, really that's how, in my opinion, that's how the bay should be fished. I understand if you're in a in a, if you're in a tournament that's a bass tournament, or if you're you know, a person who just wants to catch halibut, that's one thing. But to me, if you really want to make the most out of San Diego Bay, just go fishing. I mean, because it, you're, you're going to have some, such a, a wonderful time. You might catch something that you yet hardly ever see, like, you know, yellow grunt or something. That's just weird. We caught queenfish last week. I mean, when do you see a queenfish? You know, and it's just, it's just fun. You know, again, if you fish San Diego Bay that way, I think you have more fun. But what do I know? Yeah, and, you know, you happened to mention that uh, you saw some nice bass coming out with the uh, San Diego Anglers King of the Bay Tournament. Uh, uh, just congratulations to Brandon Bruno and Dean Jameson. They had a three-bass limit, which was the limit that you could bring in for this event. They brought in three sand bass that went 10-26, with their largest fish being a, a four fifty two. And of all things, it was caught on an A-rig. So uh, congratulations to those guys. But You know, you know what was it, pretty cool about that, John? What's that, Wendy? Um, Norm Campbell thought he had it in the bag. He had a nice, <laughs> nice sack. And at the last minute, um, Brandon and his partner 
they ended up catching a nice fish right in front of the weigh-in, right in front of the launch ramp, and ended up winning the tournament. So you never know until the last minute. Don't give up until until you have to. I understand, Wendy, that was their last (laughs) cast that they caught that on. And and, uh, Norm Campbell and Jason uh, Palomari, they... You know, they had 982 with a big fish of 372. And a lot of times, hey, that would take it up, uh, you know, win the tournament easily. But uh, as James was telling us, even in the Bay, if you're targeting right now sand bass, there's good fishing out there. Now, James, you had an opportunity to go outside of the Bay. How did that turn out? Well, that was great. That's what we did yesterday, John. And it was uh, really good. And, you know, as people know, I don't do offshore. But uh, we'll, we'll we'll plump up and down the coast as much as we can and have fun. And there's such good fishing. I mean, there really is. I mean, just up and down. Uh, it doesn't matter. If, you know, even if you're hitting the, uh, again, uh, what I call community holes, I mean, there's just so many good spots. And the spots in between those good spots are really good. So there's, you know, our coastline is just, it's really good. And when you could hit it on days like we've had the last couple days, then it's really, really good because you're you're having more fun. It's a lot more comfortable. Right. You know, we were talking about sand bass and that you got good sand bass when you went outside the bay. Uh, how about calicos or anything else? Yeah, absolutely, John. I don't know if you saw the pictures that we threw on Facebook this morning, but, yeah, we had uh, calicos. We had uh, sand bass, quite a few Johnny bass, uh, all of rockfish, uh, sculpin or two in there, and so... And this is all shallow water stuff, so I know the boats that are that are pumping out a little deeper on, on a lot of the reefs. I mean, there's talking limits um, on a lot of them for rockfish and sculpin, and that's great. <laughs> you know, that's what a good time to be out. You know, especially for those of us who uh, who do uh, celebrate Lent. <laughs> you know, it's a great time to get out there and get you some fish for Fridays. That's pretty cool. Uh, if you were to go out there, James, a selection of lures to use right now, uh, if you're after, let's say, these good sand bass in the bay or immediately outside the bay, what 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 would you fish? Well, you know, I like a lot of the soft baits. Um, you know, I like the, uh, of course, a lot of the western plastic, not just the curly tails. I know a lot of people uh, like good old-fashioned curly tail grubs, and you know I do in the bay. But a lot of the deep water stuff, I really like, uh, believe it or not, <laughs> a lot of uh, twin tail type stuff, too. So yeah. whether I'm throwing uh, Western plastics or good old-fashioned scampies, those are always good. Um, I like jigs. I uh, I like a bulky bait, especially when when we're after uh, the big sand bass and, and rockfish. I like that real big bulky bait. And, you know, I have to admit it, I'm, I'm becoming a fan of these hookup baits. Those things are pretty fun. And well, uh, the team the that fish, came in the second fish eat was it. Well, using hookup baits. You know, you throw something says, down there and fish eat it. In my yeah. line of work, that's what I got to. That's what I got to tie on. All right, Captain James. If uh, people want to look at your schedule, find out uh, what's on tap uh, when you're available. Uh, you know, find out rates. Uh, you know, book a trip with you. How's the best way to go about doing it? Well, all they've got to do with John, if they like, just check out the website, is thefishicon.com. And uh, that's pretty much it. You know, all, all the information's right there. Or give a call at 619 395 0799. 
And then, uh, then again, just, you know, whether you contact me or anybody else who's available to take you out there, or you rent your own rig or grab a buddy and go on his rig, your rig, whatever, just get out there and enjoy it. And as far as, like I said, lures, baits, get out there and just pick something, throw it, learn how to use it, make it work. The, the fish are there. Right. Captain James, thanks a lot for the great report. Uh, I look forward to being out with you soon. As soon as we get past the, the show blitz that we're in right now, we're going to go out there and do it because good time to fish right now, and the big ones are getting away. Someone else is catching my fish. I can't have them doing that. Can't do that, John. you got to get out there before they do. All right. <laughs> Captain James Nelson, the fish icon. Hey, we're going to take a break right now. Wendy and I will be back, but coming up next, Marco Malikatin from the California Sports Fishing League. We're going to catch up with some of the politics happening in Sacramento that affect you, but stay tuned. We'll be back after these messages. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics, McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovet reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Come join us at our new location in Lakeside. That's right, we've moved. Come see us at our new location at 12255 Woodside Avenue in Lakeside. Lakeside, California. Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bait casters, the PTA design has the new PTXA frame, lighter, stronger, bone crushing drag, Quantum Fishing. We are performance tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619 466 8355. Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rockley's at your local fishing tackle dealer. Hey, 
Hey, Wendy Toshihara and I, we want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. Stan is off tonight, but uh, we'll all be back next Sunday night with another live show. Hey, let's welcome a regular contributor to Ron Real Radio. He's keeping track for us on a lot of the legislation and some of the quirky things that are happening up in Sacramento when it affects all of us as fishermen. He's from the California Sports Fishing League, Mr. Marco Malikatin. Marco, welcome to Rod Real Radio, sir. Well, thank you, John, and hello, Wendy, as well. Hey, Marco. Hey, Marco. Hey, it's great having you uh, come aboard. You know, uh, I wanted to talk to you about it because of the fact that we as fishermen feel like we've suffered some crushing defeats up there in Sacramento with things as simple as a 365-day license. And if you will, can you give us just a little background on why we feel it's important to have a 365-day uh, fishing license? What has happened in the past few years? And even better yet, what currently is happening? Yeah, you bet. Well, we all know California's fishing license, its annual fishing license, um, expires on December 31st of every year, no matter when you purchase it. So if you purchase it in January, you get a full year of fishing. If you purchase it in June, when the weather warms, when most people think about fishing, it's only valid for six months. So the real consequence is that um, a lot of people buy licenses in January, and then by June, July, hardly any at all. And the consequences are, well, there are several consequences. One is um, sales are de uh, declining. There's less revenue for the state, so there's less money for fish stocking and conservation programs. It also has a profound impact on our state's economy. Uh, recreational fishing contributes about $4.6 billion annually to our economy, and if there are fewer people fishing, well, that means fewer jobs and less tourism. Also, less fish, you know, everyone is really moaning and groaning by the lack of fish plants from the California Department of Fish and Wildlife. Now, part of that is weather-wise, but I, I've got a belief part of it is just due to lack of revenue. Yeah, it is. Uh, our research shows that over the last five years that the amount of fish stocked have declined by 38% and the size by 50 So, I mean, that's another consequence. So fish are not being stocked. People aren't fishing. They're not buying fishing license. They're not going to your bait and tackle shop. Again, you know, it has a profound economic impact. So we have a solution, a solution that we've been working on, as you both know, for, for several years now, and that's do something what other states have been doing now for a while, and that is, you know, offer an annual fishing license to anglers when they want to buy it, whether it's in January or in June, but make sure that this annual license is valid a whole 365 days from the date of purchase. And so, I mean, if you think about it, there's nothing that is sold the way the state of California markets their fishing license. It doesn't make sense. I mean, your car registration is valid for a full 12 months. Even if you go out and buy um, a state park pass, it's valid a full 12 months from the date of purchase. So we think that this new license, again, one that's offered in other states, will stimulate uh, fishing license sales, um, fishing, and it'll be, you know, good for the department, but also good for our economy. And let me just add one point, too, is 
why um, I think things could be very different this time around is that hunting and fishing license sales combined used to make up 40% of the California Department of Fish and Wildlife's budget. Today, it is around 20%. So there's a realization that they got to do something. They have a problem. And again, so Marco? we've come up with a solution. Yes. So, Marco, um, I was talking to Wayne Coto from Coastal Conservation Association, our executive director, and he actually had a sit-down with Chuck Bonham. And Chuck is softening on the 365-day license, but also with the R3 program going and, you know, the national program and, and being implemented in the state of California and being a regional stakeholder, I, I think you are too, right? I am. Um, the 365-day license, I'm, I have more hope for it now because there are so many people behind it and, 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 and the director is softening his stance on it. Yeah, I, feel, I mean, for the benefit of your listeners, this is our third attempt in, in right. about two and a half, three years. And, you know, every year we get a little closer. Uh, the bill advances through different bodies of the state legislature, it gets very close to the governor's desk until something happens. And what is really, I think, as you point out, Wendy, different is the department recognizes that the threat to outdoor recreation is very real. It's having economic consequences. It's threatening their budget. And there is a national movement uh, to change things because many states still do it the way California does it. But there are about 14 states that do it now differently, like what we're proposing Mexico does it this way, <clears throat> where they have an annual license. And so they're taking steps forward uh, that um, really could come up with some real meaningful solutions. So I think that is a good thing. The other thing, Wendy, we have really going for us, too, is that in the past we had Republican authors of our bill. And this year the bill number is AB 1387. It is actually being authored by a Democratic Assembly member for the North Coast, He's an yes. avid angler, and that's important because this legislature is controlled. Two-thirds of the legislature is Democratic, so it's really hard for Republicans to move legislation. And with a, a Democrat carrying the legislation, he is highly motivated. He has assured us he's going to get this bill to the governor's desk this time. Marco, it seems like uh, in the past years, one of the main reasons why we have not been successful getting this bill passed is because either the department feels and or the allocations uh, uh, committee feels that it's going to be a loser money-wise for the department and the state in general. Can, can you address that and why they feel that way and why we feel, no, that's not the case? You're right. I mean, that's an argument they made in the past. So last year, we hired one of the most prominent uh, marketing uh, experts and fishing licenses in, in the country. Uh, Southwick and Associates is their name. And their analysis showed that most of the states, in fact, overwhelming number of states that have made this transition to basically a 12-month license have outperformed calendar-based um, states. And it makes sense because... You know, the, there are a significant number of anglers who will buy their license religiously in January. But then again, as I pointed out, it diminishes as the weather warms. And that's when, you know, your first-time anglers thinking about fishing or you're taking your family out to, to go camping, that's when you're 
fishing's first and foremost on your mind, and it's really hard to make the case to them that they got to buy a license that's going to expire in a few short months. So, you know, I think the the economics is on our side. I would also add that in addition to the sport fishing community, the boating community, we're really pleased that within just a few short weeks since this bill has been introduced, we have a lot of statewide organizations uh, behind us. So, for example, the California Tourism Association is behind us because they recognize a lot of tourists come to California and are certain communities along the coast and high Sierras and other places because of the fine fishing. And they just really, really are concerned about the direction um, things are going, and they really want to turn it around. So I'm really excited about our coalition. Right. Well, it, it's great because of the fact that you are getting some of the people behind you, but the people that are really the movers and shakers for this thing that, that really matter when it comes to Sacramento, do they seem to be getting behind you too, Marco? Well, I think we're all trying to read the tea leaves right now, and, and Wendy brought up a point that you know maybe the director is softening his view. I mean, we have a new governor now, a new administration. Uh, the, the current uh, director you know, served under Jerry Brown. Um, so I am hopeful that there's some softening. Um, if the director is convinced that um, a 365-day license in conjunction with other marketing strategies will work, I, I firmly believe it will get to the governor's, governor's desk. But I will tell your listeners, um, you know, it, it's not going to be easy. We're going to have to do what we've done in the past, which is to, to write our legislators and call them. And as you pointed out, John, um, the chair of the Appropriations Committee has been a real barrier to this bill moving forward in the past. And um, some of them, or, uh, Lorena Gonzalez-Fletcher, you know, represents a San Diego district, a coastal district, and her support is going to be very important as we go forward. So, Marco, for, for our listeners, um, they want, you know, for our listeners, they want to take action. What action item can they do regarding the 365-day license? Can they go to your website? Can they um, sign a petition? Can they write letters? What can they do? Yeah, the easiest way um, to get involved is go to our website or even our Facebook page, uh, savefishing.com, savefishing.com, and on the home page, just click there, sign our petition, and we'll send you an email when the time is right to email um, particular legislators, whether it's their own or the chair of this particular committee. Uh, also, you know, you have the Fred Hall Show coming up in, in Del Mar. Uh, I know that um, the Coastal Conservation Association is collecting signatures there, as well as uh, go by the Berkeley Fishing and Abu Garcia tables, and they're collecting signatures as well. So, you know, sign this petition. You know, we're not going to share this list with anyone else. It has a singular purpose, and that's to engage California anglers in the political process, which, you know, they have a voice in the process. There are 2.6 million of us. So if we do get engaged in the process, um, I'm confident we can really make this happen this year. You know, Marco, in the past, we've, we've tried to add other things to the bill as an incentive to get this passed. Uh, you know, uh, discounts for veterans, wounded warriors, other things like that. Are there any other amendments right now that are being added on to this that you know of? Or is this going to be a standalone bill? 
You know, thank you for reminding me. Um, one thing that's very different about this bill compared to previous versions is a mobile fishing app. And this will allow anglers to purchase and display and renew their license online and display it on their phone. And I got to tell you, some other states are far more and make considerably more progress than the state of our own. They will have fishing apps where you will see when fish have been stocked, where there's access to fishing, uh, to make campground reservations, any a number of other features that make fishing easier. Because, you know, when you think about all the recreational opportunities there are, especially for today's youth, fishing is complicated. Imagine a fishing app where, you know, a kid could go on there, find out where to fish, find out what the regulations are, right? I mean, how big of a fish, what's the limit, and so forth. So that's something new, really excited um, about, and it's something that has really come about, too, as a consequence of these um, R3 meetings that have been hosted by the California right. Department of Fish and Wildlife that Wendy's been a part of. You know, and one of the great, great examples of that is the state of Utah. The state of Utah, and we talked about this in our R3 um, stakeholder meetings, the state of Utah, you can download the app. It has your license. It has whatever license you have, whether it's a hunting or fishing license and, and, and all the tags that you, you have acquired. But it also identifies fish, where you can fish, you know, time of day, when you can fish. And that was a great example that we gave the state of California um, to look at because it, it's just really amazing. And like this, the state of Florida, you can call their 1-800 number and use your credit card and buy a fishing license with your credit card and write your fishing license number on a matchbook if you wanted to, and that's your number, and that's how they identify you. So, I mean, all the other, a lot of the other states make it really simple for you to be able to do this, and hopefully California will catch you. Yeah, I, I agree in some respects. Wendy's right. I mean, so many of these states are doing such a remarkable job to make hunting and fishing easier. That certainly hasn't been the case in California until maybe more recently, but it's almost kind of like their system has been run like the DMV, right? Um, <laughs> hey, all right, let me, real quick, too, is another important feature, John, is um, an automatic renewal. So the state of Florida, yeah. through um, their fishing license program, you can opt in to have your fishing license automatically renewed every year like a magazine subscription. And that's one of the fundamental problems is anglers let their license expire, they forget about it, you know, and that's not good for the state in terms of revenue. But when the state of Florida did this, they found that their renewal rate went up almost 4%. So Wendy's right. I mean, so many states are just doing a remarkable job of making fishing easier. Um, California seems to recognize that. And uh, I think Wendy and I are optimistic that the state's now going the right direction. Hey, guys, let's take a break right now. Marco, can I ask you to stay over a little bit longer? Because you have some uh, new information that's come down with regards to the fishing tackle bans, uh, the use of lead and fishing tackle, and I'd like our listeners to know about that. So can you stay with us for a little bit longer? Absolutely. Hey, Stan is off today, but Wendy Toshahard's here. We also have Marco Malikatin from the California Sports Fishing League. I'm Hopalong. We're going to take a break right now, but we'll be back after these messages. It's time for the spectacular. 
spectacular 43rd annual Fred Hall Show March 28th to the 31st at the Del Mar Fairgrounds. San Diego's biggest fishing show, biggest boat show, biggest outdoor recreation event of the year. Celebrate the passion of fishing, boating, hunting, and outdoor recreation at San Diego's number one show. Hundreds of booths, acres of boats, over 200 seminars. Iowa Saltwater Tank, Accurate Fishing's main seminar stage. Hobie Kayak Fishing Seminars. Costa's Sporting Chef Cafe. The Mammoth Legs Kids Fish Free Trout Pond. The San Diego County Ford Deer and Paul Bunyan Lumberjack Show. The Ultimate Air Dogs. The 805 Beer Okuma Bass Tank. Sewer Disc Great American Duck Races. Archery, Target Shooting, Free Dive, Fly Casting, Kids Casting, and so much more. Kids Free, Kids Fish Free. Support CCA Cal and get in free. The Fred Hall Show March 28th to the 31st at the Del Mar Fairgrounds. Presented by Progressive. Details at FredHall.com. It's a whale of a show. Hey, bass fishermen. Who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the Bass Boat Program. It is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call 1-800-227-7262 or just spell BASSBOAT. 1-800-BASSBOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASSBOAT, the choice of the pros for Bass Boat Insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their products. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hi, this is Lori Heath. You may know me from some of the fishing boats out of San Diego. I want to talk to you about something that's really close to my heart. Did you know that when you donate blood, you're not only helping others, you're also helping yourself. Donating blood lowers the risk of heart attacks in men by more than 70%, lowers the risk of developing cancer, and helps you maintain a healthy liver. So donate blood to help someone else and to help yourself. If you can't donate, you can still make a difference with the financial gift. It's the best way to give back. Hook, line, and sinker. And for more information and to make a financial donation or an appointment, visit San Diego 
bloodbank.org. That's the San Diego bloodbank.org. And just to let you know, I'm also a blood donor. Hey, Wendy Toshahara and I, we want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. Our guest right now is Mr. Marco Malikatin from the California Sports Fishing League. And, and Marco, I asked you to stay over a little longer with us because there's been some progress or movement or whatever you want to call it with regards to the supposed ban of lead in fishing gear. And it seemed like last year it was introduced in the legislature that, uh, hey, we've got to ban lead in fishing gear and in tackle because it endangers animals, it endangers birds. And stakeholders and the California Sports Fishing League and other people said, hey, what, what the heck are you talking about? There's, there's absolutely no science, no research behind this. Uh, why are you coming up with this type of uh, uh, a claim? And I guess there has been some progress in this area. And you want to tell us what's happening? Yeah, and, and just for background purposes, too, you know, the federal government looked at, the, at this under President Obama, and, and they abandoned the, the notion of banning lead fishing tackle. And uh, there are states where uh, they have banned a certain size lead weights, and it's largely because they have very unique habitat. But last year, as you pointed out, an assembly member from Northern California introduced legislation that would ban all lead uh, fishing weights under 50 grams or less. And our, case, our argument, as well as other stakeholders, there were a lot of sport fishing organizations that came forward and made the case to this legislator is show us the science, right? If there is science showing that there's a direct threat between lead weights and habitat. Let's have that discussion, but show us the science. And this legislator could not. And um, fortunately, um, you know, due to political pressure, and here's an example where anglers stepped up, uh, the bill stalled. It didn't move. And that was a good thing. But this very same legislator uh, requested um, from the state of California research specifically, does lead fishing tackle pose a threat to California wildlife? And the answer that came back was no. You know, you that's a you... great point, Marco, because back when George Osborne and I went to the one of the first meetings in Cyprus regarding lead fishing tackle, both George and I stood up and asked questions. And my question was, you know, we know... How, how do you know that lead seekers are affecting the loons here in Southern Cal- or in California? And then the guy at the table said, well, and he slipped, saying the lead shot. And, of course, I fired back and saying, this is fishing tackle. We're not talking about lead shot. Because I don't no know intended. any birds that are going to be going and diving down for my weight when I'm fishing. You know, I don't see them swallowing uh, lead, you know, like they do with lead shot when they're eating, you know, when a falcon is eating or a condor is eating meat. Right. No, I mean, you're absolutely right. And, and loons are the most common example of animals that are threatened by lead weights. But they're not that common here in California compared to the right. northeast where there are restrictions on the types of, or the, or the size of certain lead weights. And, and there are some isolated examples where maybe a seal 
snagged a hook and a large weight and presumably died. But that's very rare. I remember being on your show last year. If the objective is to ban any kind of device or anything that poses a threat to wildlife, far more wildlife are killed by windshields, buildings, electrical wires, you know, power lines and things of that nature. It is so rare. And so essentially that's what this research concluded, that, look, if certain wildlife do ingest lead weights, there, there is the possibility it poses a threat. I mean, certainly it's not healthy. Um, it's not their source of food. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, on, a, on a grander scale, it is so rare um, that it would not justify such a ban. And, and Wendy, you remember whether it was at these hearings in Cyprus or otherwise, I mean, this would have a profound impact on, on recreational fishing in the state of California. It would impact jobs, and it would make fishing far more costly. I, I think by some accounts, and maybe you can remind me, it would increase the cost of fishing tackle more than 50%. Well, but not well, only Mark- that, Marco, when you're looking at all the things and and weights being on the top seven priority list of the Department of Toxic Substance, you know, I, I'm sorry, but every person in that room drove there. That's one issue. Every person in that room had a cell phone. That's another issue. And every single person in that room owned a computer. Wouldn't you think those items would be above using a lead weight? Because not even, you know, half those people, supporters of the people, knew how to use a lead weight, but yet everybody uses all those electronic equipment. Right, right. Well, I think it's also a lack of understanding. You know, um, most anglers like to keep their equipment, right? You, talk, you drop it in the water, you want to pull it back out. Um, so I think it's a fundamental lack of understanding. Um, I will tell you, Wendy, too, when we had sit-down meetings with these department folks, we asked them, how did this get on your radar? And one of the responses was, we Googled it. Oh, great. <laughs> that's not, that, yeah, that's not science. <laughs> You cannot <laughs> you cannot make significant policy decisions based on what you find on the internet. You need to do your homework. And and to Wendy's point, this, this department had several hearings across the state of California. They finally looked at the science. They dropped it, but this legislator picked up the ball last year, and unfortunately, the bill stalled. I am hopeful now because of this new research that this movement um, has stalled and stalled permanently will go away. Well, you know, even when you walk into a tackle store like Angler's Arsenal or any of the tackle stores up and down the coast, we have so many caution signs up in the store, and you are greeted by a caution sign that when I unlock the doors in the morning and get a chance to really look at them, I think to myself, is it even safe for me to come into my own building because of the fact I I sell fishing tackle? It's almost gotten ridiculous. Yeah, well, and I gotta say, the whole fishing tackle ban and how California anglers responded, I think is one of our proudest moments and we should be very pleased because thousands of anglers emailed this government agency where they told me personally they were blown away about, uh, over the opposition to this. You know, of all the other products that they are regulating, looking to either ban or modify how they're produced, they never got so many emails on one particular topic than this. And again, they looked at the science and they dropped it. So it just goes to show you what we can do when we work together. 
All right. Marco Malikton from the California Sports Fishing League. If we want to find out more about what you're doing, how you're representing us fishermen, or even contribute to the cause, how's the best way to go about doing it? Please go to our website, savefishing.com. You'll find our petition there. Uh, it is a great way to you know, be involved in the political process. And when important issues come up, we're going to let you know about it. So please you know, visit our website, savefishing.com. And John and Wendy, I always appreciate you having me on the show. It helps. It really makes a difference. Marco, we appreciate having you. And now you can get back to your corned beef and cabbage and have yourself a great St. Patrick's Day, sir. Thanks a lot, Marco. All right. Thank you both. Take care. Marco Mulliken from the California Sports Fishing League. Hey, Wendy, it's kind of nice to... Uh, we were extremely busy last Sunday night. I want to thank all the listeners that listened to the recorded show that we had that was done from the Fred Hall show in Long Beach. We had a lot of great guests on, but for us, it's a whirlwind, Wendy. How did the show go for you? You know, I was amazed. There were not a lot of tire kickers. I saw people, I mean, especially from day one, from Wednesday, the line that was going around the building, to, you know, up until Sunday. Uh, people were there to buy. It was a great show for everyone that I spoke to. And thank you for everyone who turned out and, and uh, contributed to our industry. You know, Wendy, uh, uh, we were there, too, uh, with the Rod and Reel radio booth. And I cannot believe, number one, the number of people that come by that listen to the show wanted to thank you and Stan for being contributors, but also the number of people that download Rod and Real Radio. And we, uh, uh, we can't keep track of that. And it's always amazing to see the numbers. Uh, uh, I, sometimes I think there may be more people downloading the show than there could be listening live. But whatever is the case, we want to thank you listeners for stopping on by to say hello and to make your comments about the show, and we'll just try and make the show bigger and better uh, every week and uh, do what we can to deserve your listenership. So we want to thank you everyone know, for coming I, on by. But, but Wendy, you probably I, see that all the time with you walking around the show, all the people that know you, especially that you've introduced to Iserline and other fine products. It's really gratifying to get their feedback. You know, and one of the things I have to say is thank you to everyone who donated to the Iserline Knot Tying Contest. We raised $1,775 to take nice. kids fishing because of all the donations of all the people that tied a knot for this contest. And thank you to all of our sponsors. I have it up on my um, Iserline Fishing Products webpage. But thank you to all of our sponsors who donated prizes for these people who entered our contest, we gave away tons and tons of prizes. And, it, and you know, a lot of them were worth a lot of money. And we really appreciate it because the children are our future, and we need those kids to start fishing. And we need to have the kids understand what the great outdoors is all about instead of staying inside and playing on your computer games and stuff because, You've got to get out. You've got to enjoy what we have, especially here in, in California. We have such great weather. What a great opportunity, to to see a lot of the new products that are on the market. And, yes, you can go and see Shimano and Avet and Accurate and CalStar and 
uh, all those people for rods and reels and the big ticket items, the motors, the boats, and everything like that. But also going to the show, it gives you the opportunity to see some of the smaller people that don't have the budgets to get the word out there. You know, Orky Martinez with Baja Fishing Convoys, uh, Jose Angel with uh, Cedrus Outdoor Adventures, ran into a, a small manufacturer that's come out with a, a great product called Catch. And what it is, it's the device that you put right on your rod that you can hook your hooks up to or your jigs, or you can actually put a line on it if you're using a drop shot weight. It's just a simple attachment that you can put on your rod and reel or in your rod to make it work. Or if you even run into a, a crazy product like this uh, Zip Fizz, Stan has told us about Zip Fizz for a long time. I had a chance to visit them with their booth, bought uh, uh, a few tubes of their product because, you know, when Wendy, Stan, and I, when we're working the show, we're constantly walking around, we're constantly on our feet, we're constantly talking to the people. And I got to tell you, over a 10 or 11 hour period, that can get pretty fatiguing. And I, and I have to tell you, the Zip Fizz product, you just mix it with water. You gulp it on down. It's like an energy drink, but there's a lot more stuff into it. There's no sugar. There's no aftertaste. All the flavors are very fruity uh, tasting. And I've got to tell you, it gives you enough of a lift, at least me, that you can get through this without having to eat a lot of cookies and sweets and everything else like that. So going to the shows is the opportunity to see a lot of great products in Windy. I'm sure you did the same thing while you were walking around. Yeah, you know, I wish I had the chance to walk around. I had the time to go to the bathroom, but although that <laughs> took an hour because I ran into so many people that I knew and then come back. But, you know, uh, one day I'm going to be a civilian and I'm going to be able to walk the show. You know, I've got to, I, you know, now that you brought that up, I, you know, I, I feel the same way. I don't think I've ever fully seen all of the Fred Hall Long Beach show because you just take moments of time to try to get away from your booth and make a loop around and everything and they get back again because everything's so busy but I got to tell you we do appreciate everyone that comes by and visits the Iserline booth the Ron Real Radio Absolutely. booth the 1-800 insurance booth because you know without you we couldn't do any of this Absolutely you know and it's so neat, too, because I have a lot of Facebook friends. And so I had a lot of people stopping by my Iserline booth, introducing themselves to me in person because, you know, a lot of people don't look like their picture, you know, on the Internet. And so I didn't recognize a lot, but it was really neat to be able to meet people and shake hands and group people in person. Put a name All to the right. Hey, now remember, March the 28th, the Fred Hall Show is coming to Del Mar and to use a phrase that they've used in Del Mar for probably 40 years, it's going to be one whale of a show. Hey, Wendy and I are going to take a break right now, but coming up next, lure designer Jerry Rago is going to be with us. You're going to want to hear a little bit about how prolific this individual has been over the years and what he's doing now. So stay tuned. We're going to take a break. We'll be back after these messages.
Gabakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gabakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gabakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gabakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gabakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics, McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovet reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Come join us at our new location in Lakeside. That's right, we've moved. Come see us at our new location at 12255 Woodside Avenue in Lakeside. California. Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bait casters, the PTA design has the new PTXA frame, lighter, stronger, bone crushing drag. Quantum Fishing, we are performance tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619-466-8355. Attention Rod and Reel Radio listeners. Be sure to check out the Code Group mobile app. You can listen to the Rod and Reel Radio show live along with show archives without internet access. The Code Group app has all kinds of cool features for fishermen including daily Southern California saltwater reports, weather reports, episodes of Inside Sport Fishing, Marine Traffic, and much more. Get the free Code Group mobile app by texting the word REEL, R-E-E-L, to 90407, or enter the words Code Group in the App Store on your smartphone. Hi, I'm Bart Hall, and I'm honored to tell you about the 43rd annual Fred Hall Show, March 28th to the 31st at the Del Mar Fairgrounds. I'm proud of our 43-year-old San Diego Show. The San Diego Show is one of the country's largest sport fishing shows, one of the nation's most prominent boat shows, and a world-class international sportsman's travel show. For many exhibitors, this is their favorite show of the entire country. You'll be entertained by nearly 500 booths, over 200 seminars, acres of boats, and dozens of family fun activities. Kids 15 and under are always free, but the Fred Hall shows also strive to help preserve the outdoor recreation lifestyle that so many of us cherish. You can help by supporting the Coastal Conservation Association of California, and when you do, you'll get in free. Join us and celebrate the passion for outdoor recreation at the Fred Hall Show, March 28th to the 31st at the Del Mar Fairgrounds, presented by Progressive. Check us out at fredhall.com, and remember, it's a whale of a show. Hey, Wendy and I, we want to welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. And, hey, it is my pleasure to get this individual on the show. It's been years since we've talked to him. He's probably the most prolific freshwater lure designer that is out there right now. If, if you have fished freshwater for bass and even trout, the chances are very good you have used one of his lures. And if you haven't used one of his lures, you have heard his name and heard about his lures. Let me introduce him to all of our listeners. It's Mr. Jerry Rago. Jerry, welcome to Rod and Reel Radio, sir. Oh, glad to be here. Thank you for having me. 
Hey, Darius Wendy, Tokihara. Hi, Wendy. How you been doing? Been a while. Oh, I haven't seen you. Yeah, it's been a long time. Your your baits are great, and they even work in salt water. Well, every time I tie a bad knot, I think about you. <laughs> you're, you're you're the knot expert. <laughs> I got the knot for you, Jerry. Next time I see you. Okay. Well, uh, Jerry, one of the things I have to say that if you're going to throw a rego bait, you definitely want a, a good knot because the last thing you want to do is lose one of your baits, which for the most part is not only functional, but is a work of art unto itself. You don't want to lose it to a bad knot. No, and I'm typically, um, I like a polymer knot. I like a snap as opposed to a ring. Um, but I use an improved clinch knot probably 20% of the time, but that's probably because that's the only two I really know how to tie with any skill at all. I'm just not the knot guy, but I use heavy line, so I, I get away with a lot. Well, Jerry, <laughs> let's just kind of uh, get a little review from the beginning. I'm not going to say that you were in the ground floor of when it came to designing these big baits for the largemouth bass and for the trout that you go after, but you were certainly in the same room with these guys. Tell us a little bit about how you started and how it's progressed to today. Um, basically, I, I wanted to fish some bigger baits, and I wanted to switch from brown trout to bass. And um, I was in on the striper crowd, and, and the, I was not the first wave. I would call myself second wave. The first wave was guys like, Oh, like Dell East was making similar, like just big baits for stripers and J plugs. And then other guys were throwing like a worm king dinosaur and, and they were noticed they were catching big bass and guys started making their own thing. And I happen to know Alan Cole and I didn't have a hand, but I had a lure and it was a uh, J plug, a uh, smoke cone shaped plug for salmon. And, I just had these things laying around that I got at a yard sale or something, and my uncle caught a bunch of stripers. Alan Cole saw that. He came and got the other lure from me, and the AC plug was born about two weeks later. He, he made a joiner. He put a tail on it, and that's when guys really took notice and started making their own lures, targeting bass as opposed to just stripers. Jerry, and, can um, I ask a question? Is it true that the first AC plugs were actually fashioned out of broomsticks? No, but you could say closet dowel because that's that was that's what was available. Um, you know, you know, based on a salmon plug, you know, whether it was like a silver hoard or a J plug, they're just a round bait that was tapered off and had a cut plug face, and that's one reason they had the word plug on them because they were plugs. And um, I wouldn't call the baits that we throw these days plugs. Hardly any of them are plugs, but. Uh, but he had an idea, him and his son, and other guys were doing it, but he was not scared to talk about it and maybe even think about selling them. He, you know, he knew he was going to get his share of fish, but he knew others were going to get fish too. You know, as opposed to I've had several things that I keep a secret and won't show anybody because I have plenty to sell. I'm, I'm kind, of the, kind of the opposite a little bit. Um, I, mean, I have about 100 models, but... I only sell about, I'd say, maybe as many as 40 variations. And every time I see a little, 
whether it's a gimmick or a variation or changing something to swim completely opposite, but it might be the same lure, I'll do it to, for, there's always an advantage to be gained. Um, as let's just say, you know, the fish get accustomed to a certain wiggle and sometimes you change it and it starts the life of the lure all over again. Well, Jerry, you, you actually, I think the discipline that you grew up in was really more as a trout fisherman and you were using these plugs for, for big trout. How, how did you progress over to largemouth bass? Um, basically, so Alan Cole took off and then the Castaic lure came out and I, I couldn't afford those baits. So I started making my own just for the simple reason I couldn't afford a castaic, which I thought was beautiful. And, um, but basically I was a brown trout fisherman, um, Rapala's. I'm still my favorite lure for, even though I make my own version, I like the straight up out of the box Rapala. And, uh, but so once I started making baits, I teamed up with a guy, Steve Harner. We started Osprey. Um, but I wanted to make a living at it. And uh, a lot of people said I, I couldn't, but if I did, I would have to switch to bass. And uh, so I'd already gone through the brown trout thing. I switched to stripers because they were bigger, more fun, easier to catch. But basically, to make a living, I had to switch to bass. And they were kind of, they were definitely easier to catch than, than the other two. But, you know, and then as I caught some big fish, you know, people wanted to buy my lures, and I tried to make really what I wanted. Um, and, uh, and it ended up pretty good the way that I've done it. I'm, I'm totally satisfied with everything. And um, and then things go up and down. And then um, when things were down, um, I kind of thought I'd, that I needed to capture the tournament guy. And um, so I made smaller baits, and that worked out. That That made my whole career. Um, when Byron Velvick and Ski Reese won back-to-back Bassmaster tournaments, that really put me over the top. Those guys really helped me out. Well, you you had mentioned that uh, you went and you helped with the Osprey bait. Was that like the transition, the first transition from these hard baits to something that was all soft or injection molded? Uh, was was that, you know, the real transformation period there? Well, really, it was. So originally we we made um, the with Oscar we made hard baits. So my partner Steve Harner had a little bit of money, and I said, "Start buying all the stuff to make rubber baits." We were already making hard baits, and I go, "And we're going to switch to soft plastic because that's going to be where it's going to be." Um, the optimum was already out and catching some nice fish. You know, there was the Worm King dinosaur, but, but once again the Osprey was really popular for for thousands of people. Um, and while I fished it, I always wanted something that swam faster. I, I'm I'm really into the strike reaction fast. I, I'm a fast fisherman. And I, I wouldn't call it a covering water thing. I would just call it a fast technique. I don't want them to look at the lure too much. Even though I try to make the most appealing lure, I, I don't, I want them to strike it before they look at it, if that makes any sense. Um, okay. So let's just say like the Alabama rig, um, I say, um, you know, I have a similar one that I patented, but I was keeping it a secret. And it's just that 
I think that when a school of fish comes by, I think they just plow into it and they don't really look at one. And uh, my lawyer says to me one day, what do, you, what do you think they think when they they see, you know, all those lures coming? I, I go, well, I said, I go, they all got a wire sticking out of them. I go, well, if five women were walking down the street in bikinis and they had a wire sticking out of their head, would you look at the wire? <laughs> and that's my whole theory about just grab it now and worry about it later, but now you've already got them hooked. Now, I don't believe they focus on one bait. Um, that's just, let's just say, with the multiple baits. And then as far as the single bait, I want it to be the most appealing, but again, I kind of, I got to a point to where I could do it, I could make what I wanted to make, and if the people would trust me to fish what I wanted, then, you know, they would catch fish too by buying the lure. Um, Jerry, were you, were, you know, you're talking about making a, a bait appealing and especially an all plastic bait. Were you instrumental in the development of being able to paint and or put patterns on plastic baits to make them look more real, uh, lifelike? Well, I did from the start, you know, whether it was scales, lateral line, gills or whatever. Yeah, I, I felt like they had to have it. I'm not the number one carver in the world, I can tell you that, but I've found ways to do it and to add fins and, and maybe put a joint here or there and get the action that I wanted based on what I would see in the water. You know, and there's, there's a lot of other people that do it too. I just, I kind of keep doing my thing and I try to stay ahead, but I, I believe I've tested more baits than anyone alive as far as throwing it in the water, see what it does. And I've had, you know, a lot of failures, um, I'm very rarely have a failure now because I already know what's going to work, you know, and what's not going to work. And sometimes you can spend months on the one that doesn't work trying to make it work, and once in a while you got to abandon it. You know, it's just, uh, you know, well, you know um, my, last summer I, I made a little item that anybody could make for 25 cents that helps you cast farther. You can drag a two-hook hard bait right through the toolies without getting snagged most of the time, and it gets bit. I just can't figure out how to market it. I may just give it up for everybody uh, to fish with. It's just something messed with a few years ago. It didn't work, and then I made it work. And I, But right. the, the fish catches really jumped up, and this is mostly just bass fishing in the Owens Valley. We don't really have trophy bass, but I did catch several more big fish than I ever caught in 40 years living here. Right. And, uh, hey, uh, uh, our co-host, Stan Vandenberg, he uh, indicated that he has two of your baits, which are, he's probably the only one that has those baits. Do you know what those baits are and how the heck would Stan wind up with those? Um, I can't imagine, unless they were generic trout hard baits, but basically, uh, I made some baits and I walked into the Fred Hall show one day with, uh, uh, like six or seven baits on a board and Stan happened to be the first guy I ran into. <laughs> and, and then a couple weeks later he was calling me trying to get me to, to do some baits and he was telling me how he was going to go fishing for brown trout and he just kept saying, you know, we'll get you some pictures and I go, well, I already have them. You know, he didn't quite. Then he finally realized that I was a brown trout guy, and then he knew who I was, and he and he 
he kind of goes, okay, well, let's just go back to bass. But, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see him because uh, sometimes I forget, you know, what things are. Um, sometimes I, I'll make a new lure or two and put them in my boat, and I don't go fishing for a year. And then I look in the boat and go, oh, I forgot I even made these things. Never even got to try them. Yeah, you know, you know just, if you want to... If you want to not go fishing, get in the fishing business, right? <laughs> Boy, do we ever so. know that. Uh, hey, uh, new baits. Uh, you know, do you feel now when you make a new bait that you know basically the dynamics of the bait to make it work? Or are you do you still in the process of making many generations and tweaking them before you get this thing working the way you think it should be? I pretty much know that I'm that they're gonna work the, right now. It's, you know, I can I've, I've eliminated too many of, of the faults, and uh, but I still come up with something that doesn't do what I want. But uh, but as far as the soft bait, you can only do so many things, and then but I do try to come up with something that will give a guy an edge, or at least he'll think he has an edge. You know. Um, as an example, let's just say my two number one baits were the BB3D and the SKT. Byron fished the BB3D, Skeet the SKT. A lot of people didn't realize that those two baits swam completely different. The Byron bait was kind of a lazy action, and the Skeet bait was a choppy action. And um, some people think that they're just buying the same thing, but they're not. They're completely different. And I found that the stores back east, when it comes to size, Six inches is is big for them. Sure. So when Byron won, they everybody bought the seven inch. When I made the five and a half inch, all the stores back east quit buying the seven inch. And, the, and but they're coming around now. They're all they're they're getting on the big bay train now. You know, it's taking a long time. And um, because it doesn't have to be a double digit bass, it could be a five pound bass. And if you're, you're not catching five pounders and now you are, you're doing great. You know, and then in California, you know, once again, we always have those trout, but we've been hurting on the trout the last few years and that affects, it affects business. It affects the fishing. It affects a, a lot of things. You know, it's, it's about, it's not about fishing. It's about water, right? We got to have yeah, that water. Hey, Jerry, uh, we got to take a break right now. Can I ask you to stay on a little bit longer with us? Sure, no problem. Hey, we're speaking with uh, lure designer Jerry Rago, and you probably know that name. You've probably even thrown that bait, and I'm sure a lot of you own those lures. So we're going to find out more about what makes Jerry tick, but we're going to take a break right now. Wendy and I will be back with Jerry Rago after these messages. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gumkatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gumkatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gumkatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gumkatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hi, this is Lori Heath. 
You may know me from some of the sports boats out of San Diego. I want to talk to you about something that's really close to my heart, the San Diego Blood Bank. Fishing for a way to make a difference in your community? Consider donating blood or making a financial donation to the San Diego Blood Bank. Your gift will impact medical research, revolutionize how we improve health and treat disease, and most importantly, give the gift of life. But we can't do it without you or without your help. Visit SanDiegoBloodBank.org to make an appointment or to give a financial donation today. It's the best way to give back. And just to let you know, I'm also a blood donor. Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization? but you just don't know who to contact. Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419 or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. Wendy Toshihara and myself, Hopalong John Cassidy, welcome you back to tonight's show. We've got with us this hour, lure designer Jerry Rago. And Jerry, thank you for taking some of your Sunday night to be with us. Sure, I appreciate you having me. It's hey. fun. Jerry, <laughs> one of the uh, questions also that Stan left for me to ask you is, you've been known for uh, custom painting, Rapalas, and other hard baits for the Sierra Trout Opener. Is that something you're doing right now, or do you spend most of your time actually making larger hard baits for the uh, commercial market? Actually, it's more of the larger hard baits and, and even more of the soft, of the bigger soft baits. Um, there's there's not enough market. I could sell quite a few for, for high dollar probably, but I really just don't have the time um, I want to do it. I wish I could do 200 customer Paulas right now. I just can't, can't, can't seem to get to it. You know, and my friends are the ones that suffer because they want to get them. And I've, but I've got to do my business lures first, you know, and, uh, but, uh, that's all part of, 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 of a ripping technique. And once again, with the Rapalas, I'm going really fast and, uh, I don't get to do it as much as I want, but I have the days kind of nailed down. I could tell you the day that I'm going to catch a double-digit brown, and it's going to be um, late in April, a week after the full moon at 8 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> yeah, happened so awesome. many times. It, it, <laughs> I, I'm so lucky to have learned that. Um, and then the same thing with you know, with the bass. Um, I, I don't get to fish much. Uh, I should say when I, I go so few times that I'd like to experiment and test the new things, but I'm probably not going to catch anything. But I can go back to the old techniques and, and get a bass once I make up my mind. But the testing is what's fun for me. Um, two years ago, I got to go one day. I got a 17 and a 13 on back-to-back casts. Um, these are largemouth. Last year, I got... Um, a big limit one day, lost lost a really big fish the next day. That was it. Actually, I lost a big fish. I was so mad I just drove home. 
um, seven hours. <laughs> oh. And then, and a couple years ago, I was lucky enough to get, uh, I went two days. I got two double digit browns last year. I got one double digit brown in about two days of fishing. And I, I've been pretty lucky when it comes to that. But, uh, but the experimenting is really, really turns me on whether I catch anything or not. Yeah. And, and sometimes I see a big reaction that helps me make the lure down the road, meaning I may have fished the fish. Uh, I'm sorry, missed the fish or maybe not. You know, it's, it's, uh, I, I can make a new lure every day if I, if I had the bills paid already. I, I like it that much. So. Jerry, for, for a lot of our listeners, you say that you've caught some big fish and I don't, I don't, need you to tell us specifically, but here in Southern California, the dynamics of the lakes have changed with, um, uh, you know, the, 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 the trout plants being limited. What are still some of the good lakes here in Southern California and or uh, the West here to fish using swim baits? Well, it would have to be the San Diego lakes. Dixon still got them. There's still some in, you know, Poway. They're there. You know, um, I'm really good friends with Mike Long. I don't even go down there because he's got it covered, but he's got a lot of big fish on my little alpha shad the last couple of years. And then, then when he's on the jig, he only fishes the jig. So, but, but I get tons of feedback that way. But basically every little trout bite that's come up to, I'm sorry, bass bite the last couple of years, has been when they put trout. Um, last year, there was a little flurry at Paris because they put one stock of trout. Um, this year, no trout, no bass. You know, and of course, in the spring when they spawn, people are gonna find fish and catch fish. But you know, we lost Casitas basically because of the mud snail. That place was unbelievable. And uh, mm. but now it's kind of a NorCal thing, and any of the lakes that get trout. Um, look, look at San V. It had all this promise, but no trout. It's, it, there's, the trophy bass just don't seem to bite. It's, uh, we really need those trout. Maybe we all have to get together and raise some money for trout. Um, I don't know. You know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we had a young angler by the name of Alex Neapis on with us, and we had him on because what he had done is he had fished a Wild West bass tournament on Lake Shasta. Right, right fishing a swim bait and he had some crazy weights on the swim bait. And I, I don't know if Shasta has been a swim bait lake or if we just don't hear that much about it down here, closely guarded secret or, or what? No, there and there, he's a, you know, he, he's one of the top guys up there. Um, you know, he fishes a few of my baits. Um, uh, there's a friend here in Bishop that's, fishes with him all the time so i get the information doesn't mean i can go capitalize on it but but uh he's uh he's got his thing going and but once again he's fishing lakes with a lot of trout and shasta they're in there there's shoot there's a couple lakes if i mention guys want to cut my head off but they're full of there's the lakes we know about and then there's others that have lots of 10 pound spotted bass and uh he's one of the guys chasing them down but they are up there, and that's partly is because those lakes are still getting trout. 
And um, and then the little lakes that are getting trout are even even better sometimes. There, there's some monsters up there. But in the end, the real monsters are still in San Diego. Mm. And I don't think Casitas or Paris so much anymore. Um, that they're in there. They, they've seen a lot of baits. And people need to change things. You know, they need to change their technique or... It, it, that's why I'm trying to constantly evolve, and it's not necessarily so I can catch fish, but so that, that other people can catch fish on some little trick thing that I did. You know what I mean? That that they haven't seen. You know, there's uh, you know, the two biggest swim bait companies in the U.S. aren't from the U.S. And I, I kind of think it's uh, I can't believe that let's just say like a, a Strike King or Berkeley or somebody hasn't jumped on the big bait thing. They've toyed with it a little bit, but they've just never committed. And and these, you know, like Live Target, Savage Gear, they've come right in and sold a ton of bait. And they're not that bad either. You know, I just can't, you know, those aren't typically American companies. I think we need to take it back, you know. Um, but I don't know, I'm just one guy. You know, it's just, uh, you know, it's all about. For one guy, you've made one heck of an impact on the market, Jerry. But, you know, we're in a situation here in San Diego where we're not getting the stock uh, uh, plants of trout like in San Vicente and some of the other lakes, even smaller lakes like Miramar or Murray, where there's some big, big fish. Do you believe that, though, do can you still use a swim bait and uh, bodies of water where there haven't been trout and still be successful? Um, you know, I haven't really put it to the test. Uh, meaning, like, let's say Hodges. Uh, you know, Mike Long goes there. He gets some good fish. He's got a couple big ones, but not even close to as big as what he's got out of say Poway or Jennings or Dixon. Um, and I, that, I think that's kind of a trout thing there. Plus that water is a little, I think stained water makes it tougher. You know, we know there's plenty of lakes in Texas and they don't have trout. They have big bass, but because of the stained water, I don't think it matters that they have a fancy swim bait because they have to be really close to get it or see it. So it's, it's, uh, for California, it is about the trout. And, um, and a lot of those little lakes are still getting, they're getting enough trout. But the bigger ones, like, if you want to call Paris big, you know what I mean? Those bats just kind of disappear into the sand with, with no trout. And I don't know, you know, we're lucky to have what we had, but we, we've lost a lot of lakes due to boat regulations or, you know, for instance, the mud snail or whatever, like, like Diamond Valley, I, um, it gets a, a, a number of trout, but we all know that, you know, I guess we were spoon feeding all them bass all these years, and I guess we were lucky to have it for a while. <laughs> you know, just, uh, but, you know, you I, don't, to... I don't know. The, the, it just doesn't seem like no nowhere has there turned out a lot of bass like Southern California or even Northern California as far as big baits with no trout, you know, in areas with no trout. Or even Kokanee, you know. What the Kokanee worked at Shasta. Go ahead, Wendy. What about um, Texas? Well, 
Texas has them, but they have a lot of dirty water. Um, and let's just say, uh, like, um, like Oliver Ney, you know, he went to Texas. Um, he did pretty good. He couldn't get, you know, the, a fish over 13 pounds. He caught a lot of fish, but he caught most of them on the clear water lakes. He killed them. You know what I mean? But he also showed a, a lot of people saw what he was doing and then, you know, basically did the same thing. But, um, where the, where the bigger bass were, they just, well, they're not as big as California's fish. That's just all there is to because of no trout. And, um, you know, so the guys get on the kick and they do it for a while, but in the end they go back. You know, in Texas, they'll get on a little bait, uh, even a swim bait, and oh, everybody will fish it. They'll feed thousands of baits and they'll catch fish, you know. Go ahead, Wendy. I'm sorry. No, I was just saying, when I was out there for the PAA tournament, I was asking... You know, they were, they were all excited about swim bait years ago, and I'm like, oh, so what do you guys use for swim bait? They were little four- and five-inch paddle shells, man. Those are guppies compared to what we <laughs> use here. Right, and that's what they bite. But, but when there has been big bites, it was either, like, let's just say Amistad or Falcon, and it was when the water was clear when they had those huge tournament weights because they could see the bait. So... Once again, it doesn't do any good to get all dressed up like a model if they can't see you. Right. You know, and that's, yeah. that's the way I, I look at it. So, and, and the little baits that are being pulled right in their face, you know, that's, that's why those seem to work out there. And, uh, so what about you know, lakes like that, Coho? I'm sorry, where? Um, what about lakes like Coho in Florida or Gunnersville or, you know, out of state, you know, where they have. Well, those are, those are clear lakes, but um, they do have some big limits there, but on the other hand, they're allowed to use live big shiners, too. So a lot of people do that, and and they are big, but once again, they don't have, they don't have the trout, but, uh... They have pits, you know, like when the back- have, you know, shad, or giant, you know, giant shad, or American shad, or, or whatever they are, but, I mean, they have bait fish, but it's not a trout like we have. Right. Well, I'll give you an example. Lake Mojave is full of big gizzard shad now, and but they only put a few trout, and all those giant stripers have just disappeared. And I think they're eating gizzard shad in 60 feet of water, <laughs> and they just don't need to come up anymore. Um, it, and then when they have those small trout plants, they get a few fish, but nothing like before. And, uh, and that was all because of them taking away the trout, you know, for, I think, about three years. And then now that they're putting trout again, they, the fish still haven't come back. I think they've adjusted to the gizzard shad. Not everybody can go out and catch shad and drift around. You know, it's just uh, – and, and the clear water, too. Um, they can see, their, see your line, whereas in Texas, if you're using live gizzard shad or regular shad that – Typically, it's in a stained, stained water lake. Uh, I mean, this is just what I think. But, uh, you know, and then, and then again, once again, we have, we have our clear lake, which is unbelievable, right? One week and then dead the next week. But in the end, we don't, we don't have the size that you do in the trout lakes. So, you know, uh, you know, a huge fish at clear lake is, 
is 12 pounds, even though there's, there is bigger caught once in a while. Whereas, let's just say, like, Casitas, 15 years ago, a guy could catch five 12-pounders. You know, it's just, uh, I, I'm not the biologist, but I think I, I think I would just put every trout I could, but, you know, that's about money, too. We can't, the state can't afford them, or they don't want to yeah. do it, you know, whereas, you know, like Lower Castaic was unbelievable. Issue. Yeah, yeah, and it's, um, anyways, there's, there is, all right. Yeah, hey, Jack, can we ask, water, can we ask you to fish. stay on with right. us for just uh, a few more minutes? Uh, we got to take a break right now. Sure. Hey, Wendy and I were talking swim baits with Jerry Rago, probably the most prolific lure designer that is in the country. We're going to, uh, you know, end up with Jerry Rago here. But first, these messages. We'll be back in a minute or so. For the spectacular 43rd Annual Fred Hall Show, March 28th to the 31st at the Del Mar Fairgrounds. San Diego's biggest fishing show, biggest boat show, biggest outdoor recreation event of the year. Fishing boats, towboats, cruisers, pontoon boats, kayaks, we've got it all. Acres of boats, nearly 500 booths, over 200 seminars, and a full day of family fun. Enjoy the San Diego County Ford Dealers Paul Bunyan Lumberjack Show, Costa Sporting Chef Cafe, the Ultimate Air Dogs, the 805 Beer Okuma Bass. Tank, Accurate's main seminar stage, Daiwa Saltwater Tank, the Mammoth Lakes Kids Fish Free Trout Pond, the Hobie Kayak Fishing Theater, Swordis Great American Duck Races, and so much more. Kids free, kids fish free. Join CCA Cal and get in free. The Fred Hall Show, San Diego's Springtime Boat Show, March 28th to the 31st at the Del Mar Fairgrounds. Presented by Progressive. Details at FredHall.com. It's a whale of a show. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their product. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Hey, bass fishermen. Who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the bass boat program that is what all the pros use today. The reason... No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call one 800 227 7262 or just spell bass boat 1-800 bass boat i know there's too many letters but the t is free and the calls on me that's 1-800 bass boat the choice of the pros for bass boat insurance for more information log on to 1-800 bassboat.com 
Rotten Real Radio is now available as a podcast you can subscribe to on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting app. Get notified as soon as new episodes are available, or go back and listen to our past shows. Browse through all of our archive shows at roddenreelradio.com slash archives, and click the subscribe button to get started listening now. Hey, welcome back to Ron Real Radio, everyone. Wendy Toshara and I, we're speaking with uh, lure designer Jerry Rago. Jerry, uh, thank you again for taking some of your Sunday to be with us. Uh, always appreciate talking with you. Oh, you bet. Um, anytime. Um, I'm, I'm Jerry? ready to go at all times. Love talking about it. Love to help people. Um, you know, it all helps me, too. Um, hey, l- let me ask just a couple of specific questions. Number one, when you see a swim bait, some of them have a very glossy, bright finish. Some of them have a duller finish. Uh, is there a better time to use one type of lure over another? Um, I don't think so when it comes to that. I, I know that there's a big debate over a painted soft bait and a painted uh or non-painted hand-poured soft bait. Um, typically, most hard baits are, are painted, so I don't see, and there's not any one hard bait that just, you know, rules the world. Soft baits seem to catch a little more, you, you know what I mean? And it, it just, uh, but, you know, there's a big debate. Um, Mike Long and I argue all the time. He likes a painted bait in clear water. I like a hand-poured bait in clear water, a painted bait in dirty water, because I believe they got to get right up on it and look at it. And um, and that's when detail would matter, because it's a, more of a slower bite. But uh, it's basically, if you find a lure you like, and you fish it long enough, you're going to catch fish. And um, it doesn't matter if it's $100 bait or $5 bait, as long as the guy likes it and sticks with it. And then, of course, there's tips, you know, that you can gain from other people or watch what other people caught and maybe switch to the bait that they were fishing. Um, you know, when I was younger, my dad used to always say, go see what they're, what those people are using, you know, and I never wanted to do it. I always just wanted to do what I wanted to do. And sometimes mm-hmm. it didn't matter if I caught any. And over the years, I caught plenty of, you know, plenty of fish, so... That's why I got into the lure thing, or into the the making of the lure and making something new all the time. Um, in the beginning, if I caught a double digit, I never fished that lure again. I started making another one the next day because I wanted to keep catching them. But now the lure, the lure making finally consumed the the lure fishing, and and I had to realize that and stick with it. Um, whenever I did an interview with a magazine or anything, they never really wanted to know what I caught. They just wanted to know about the lures, and I had to accept that. And and I'm grateful for it because my whole thing has become lure making. And and I wanted to do it years ago, and I'm I'm very lucky that I get to do it. It's like playing with toys every day. I got it. You know, uh, one of the things, you know, we've been talking about, trout and lakes that are planted with trout and you know trout patterns but one of the things i was amazed at several years ago when i had mike long in the shop he was uh uh uh, giving us a seminar uh on throwing swim baits and he had brought a bunch of lures that he had used and caught fish on 
And strike one of the striking things uh, about the stockpile lures that he had, how few of them were really trout patterns. He had a lot of bass patterns and stuff like that. So I want our listeners to know that it doesn't necessarily have to be a trout pattern for bass or whatever it is to, to bite a swim bait. Yeah, you know, so recently I've made a lot of shad. Um, sometimes I'll even pour the, the shad in, in trout colors. I really don't care to fish those. I'll fish the shad color. Um, it's just, but now everything is kind of switched to shad because of the lack of trout. And some people have picked up on it and it's done well for them. But, uh, but I was always more into the trout thing because I wanted the bigger fish. But now everything, the, the big switch has been to weedless bait, whether it's the owner or the trocar hook. Um, that is the rage right now. And they are easier to make because you don't have to build separate rigs. You just go buy the, those hooks. And yeah. I tried to make the best ones that easy for the guy to put the bait on the hook. And, um, you know, it's just, uh, there is shad in the water. People are catching fish. But once again, it, as far as trophy fish, that's kind of down. But but just catching fish in general seems to be a little better on the shad. Um, like if a guy, like, I never really use rainbow or Paul as much for browns, more of a chub pattern, and I use, like, a weird one. But, like, if I could say, if the guys that are listening, if you're going to come up here and fish for browns, stick with a, you want a skinny bait. Browns like skinny lures. So most of the swim baits are almost too too fat for them, if you know what I mean. They like them skinny and they like them fast. And then I like to fish for bass fast, um, just so that I don't I don't want them to look at it too long. I want them to bite it. And um, so it's just uh, kind of a preference. And there's so many good looking baits now with scale patterns, you know, and shine and reflect. And I don't. Once again, back to your question is shiny opposed to dull i don't i don't know that that matters because once they get wet they're all kind of shiny so you know jerry at the time too you were innovative that you came out with one of the first swim baits that i'm aware of that had an open mouth pattern on it as opposed to a closed mouth is is that something that uh, really made a difference uh, was it again one in a generation of lures that you just tried or how that come about um, probably I looked at, um, brown trout mounts on my wall and they all had an open mouth. You know what I mean? I just thought, so if you watch a trout and they're breathing, who can determine whether the mouth is open or closed? But what I mean is it, it's about 50% of the time. And I noticed that a lot of times I really wanted fins with the open mouth because when a trout stops, he's breathing and the, the instant they stop, the fins are flared. And the instant they start swimming, they're flat. So it's kind of 50% of the time, one or the other. So I, I just thought, well, I'll make these. They look maybe because they looked more appealing to the fishermen. But I thought they looked appealing to the bass, too. So, you know, based on what I caught. So it's just uh, it's a matter of preference. And then I did notice, um, let's say with my original tool hard bait, the open mouth with the flared fins on the front made the head wiggle more. And then when I 
basically made the same bait with a closed mouth and folded folded front fins, the tail swam more. So it's, it's kind of a, every bait is different and has its place. Um, Jerry, you know, we, I know uh, one guy made the bait to the end of- 316 we- with the moving mouth, you know, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, it's all preference and uh, we do have to catch fishermen. But I do want to catch fish, too. <laughs> Jerry, we have to ask you, if people want to find out the best source for Rago baits, uh, uh, where they are available, uh, where can people go to find the Rago baits that are offered or even some of the new designs you're coming? Like you mentioned, the Alpha Shad. Uh, where are those available? Um, right now, most of the Alpha Shad are available at um, realcraftfishing.com um, I would say towards San Diego East County Bait and Tackle um, John, John you'll be I'll be sending you some bait soon I'm glad we reconnected um, and always Tackle Warehouse Tackle Warehouse typically carries my older line but I still sell more old baits through Tackle Warehouse than anywhere else and if you want a specialty old bait the place to go would be Swim Bait City um, dot com or whatever. And um, I don't have a lot of stores. I'm in Bass Pro Shops. A lot of competition in that store when somebody walks through it, you know, as far as what bait are they going to buy. But uh, luckily I have Southern California, you know, that helps me make my living. But I do sell baits back east. There's a lot of people buying baits. But there's a ton of guys buying baits that are trading baits, like baseball cards. Oh, yeah. And and that one blows me away because when I get baits, I don't get rid of baits. There's always a time and a place behind that rock over the top of that tree where I caught a big one, and I'm going to use the same lure in that spot for the next 20 years. So I, I don't. I'm not a bait collector, uh, meaning collecting old baits. I like I like new stuff. But, but I don't sell old baits just because they're old. I just, everybody gets to stay around for a reason. Um, it's, uh, whereas a lot of people buy a bait just to flip it. And um, I can't understand that, but that's how things are these days. It's Jerry, the if we crowd. can ask you, you know, it's like asking you, which one of your children do you love the best? But if you can pick <laughs> out one lure that you've made that you said, yeah, this this was what it was all about. This is why I'm in the business. What uh, what bait was it? Um, I would have to say my original generic trout soft bait. I caught a hundred double digits on that lure, just that lure. Um, but I have way fancier lures that I love too. But but that's the lure if I had to fish it. You know, if I was trapped with one bait, it would be that one. But, yeah, that is a tough question. <laughs> so, <laughs> Especially with I've as prolific children, as, as you, know you are. I mean? so, but, uh, and, you know, I'd love to jump in. I dabbled in crankbaits with Livingston. Um, that was a – they had a lot of pros. The pros all want a, a crankbait with their name on it, meaning – a square bill, a medium diver, deep diver. They all want their own with their name on it, whereas, you know, Strike King obviously has Kevin Van Dam. And um, I was 
disappointed that there wasn't a guy that wanted to make something weird that would catch that would start its own legacy. Whether whether it was some kind of with a different lip on it or you know whatever. Like I think his name is Kevin Short. He he wanted to bait the turn when it hit a tree. Uh, I figured out how to make him turn, but I couldn't get in the crankbait business. But uh, but Livingston with one of my designs, Randy Howell um, won the classic. Um, they paid me well for the bait. The bait didn't have it doesn't have my name on it. It has Randy Howell's name on it. But sure. but I was taken care of for that bait. They they took care of me. You know. But well, thing is, Jerry, Jerry anyway. hey, we're going to have to pull the plug on this tonight. Uh, you sure. know, we're going to have to have you on again because we just scratched the tip of the iceberg. And I know Stan, he's probably listening to this going, my gosh, they didn't even begin to ask him the questions I would. So, uh, will you take a rain yeah. check and do this again sometime in the not too distant future? I'd, I'd love to. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped up right now. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sitting in my shop. I've got a, I got to make three months worth of baits the next 10 days. All right, Jerry, we'll be, we'll be talking to you about getting some of the baits down here, too, at Angler's Arsenal. But thanks a lot for being with us, sir. Uh, thanks, John. Thanks, Wendy. And uh, I, I had a lot of fun. Hey, it was, it was great. Hey, Wendy, thanks a lot, too. I, I, I think sometimes you feel like you're left out of the situation because you're not a, a freshwater fisherman, but to any big extent. But, man. You know this guy pretty well. You spent a lot of times by him at Bassathon and in other places. All right. Well, hey. well uh, see you, uh, I guess, uh, in a couple of weeks. I'll be with you next week. I have a contact with the Department of Fish and Wildlife. And after that, I'll be at the Del Mar show. All right. So on behalf of Stan, Wendy, all of our guests, Otto and the AM540 studio, Ben Harvey, here in San Diego, and always in memory of Big Tuna Bill, Eddie McCune, and Mr. Paul Leader. Good night, everyone. We're out for now. Louis, I got a lot of big deals cooking.